Does the fact that Tennessee Volunteers quarterback Hendon Hooker is visiting the Washington Commanders ahead of this month's NFL draft mean that the team could possibly draft him? They certainly could, but his visit does not mean they will. That and more on today's episode of Locked On Commanders. Your daily podcast on the Washington Commanders. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team, every day. Welcome to Commanders fans of the Locked On Commanders podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team, every day. This is your daily podcast on the Washington Commanders. Please subscribe or follow for free on YouTube or wherever you get podcasts, so you always get the latest episodes as soon as they release. I am David Harrison, credentialed member of the media covering your Washington Commanders for Commander Country, a part of Sports Illustrated's Fan Nation. You can find me there here or on Twitter at DHarrison82, or you can find me anytime via text at 202-760-2644. Thanks for making the Locked On Commanders podcast first listener, your first view of the day. This episode is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, official sportsbook of the National Football League. Make every moment more. Visit FanDuel.com slash locked on today to get started. I told you last week not to hold your breath for a resolution to the ownership change, but I told you you could cross your fingers, and I hope you took that advice. Ron Rivera talks about his future, and we look at just how significant his roster-building ability might be. But first, the Washington Commanders are having one of the more notable quarterback names in for a pre-draft visit. That, according to John Keim of ESPN via Twitter, who tweeted, quote, for what it's worth, Tennessee quarterback Hendon Hooker is scheduled to make a top 30 visit to Washington later this month per league source. End quote. Albert Breer, also on Twitter, followed up tweeting, quote, sources, the commanders are scheduled to have just one quarterback in for a top 30 visit. Tennessee's Hendon Hooker. He'll come in during the last week visits are allowed, which will allow Washington to get an update on his knee and some time with the Vols star. Interesting one for sure. End quote. So the two tweets really kind of marry each other, right? Because Hendon Hooker is coming in, one of the more notable names in the NFL draft from the quarterback position. A lot of people argue that he likely would have won the Heisman Trophy if he hadn't gotten injured and torn his ACL late in the college football season. And if he didn't do that as well, he probably would be a slam dunk, middle, late, day one, early day two at the worst quarterback prospect. But because of the injury, coupled with the fact that he is 25 years old, coming into the National Football League, there are some fluctuating opinions and people still are starting to talk about him in the first round, but there's still people talking about him as late as the second or even third round in this year's NFL draft. And the fact that the Washington commanders are only bringing Hendon hooker in is significant because of the purpose of the top 30 visit. So that's where we got to start this conversation. What are the purposes of a top 30 visit? Well, every team is just a little bit different, but for the most part, if an NFL team is absolutely in love with a prospect, they're not going to bring him in for a top 30 visit. In fact, if a team absolutely is in love with a prospect, basically from the moment they're in love with that prospect, they want to make as little noise around it. They want to make as little contact as possible because they don't want other teams to get a whiff of how much that they are in love with that player. There have been several players over the years across the National Football League who get drafted by a team, and then in their draft interviews or later on online, they kind of say, I was a little bit surprised. I really hadn't heard about them or heard from them all that often. Talked to them maybe once or twice. And that basically shows you that they loved what they saw on tape. They took their opportunities in scenarios like the Senior Bowl, where every NFL team meets with every player at the Senior Bowl. Every NFL team gets like a five-minute sit-down with every player at the scouting combine. All of these things. And they took those key moments and quickly kind of verified that that was the guy that they wanted to draft so that everybody could be thrown off the scent. 
So when you bring a guy in for a top 30 visits, first of all, it's league reported. Everybody knows about it. It really doesn't take a lot of investigative reporting to find out. It's a simple call to the NFL and you can kind of find out who is, uh, who is, who's meeting with who, if you know the right people know who to call. So what is this? What is the significance of it? Because you don't just throw away a top 30 visit, right? There is always a reason for that top 30 visit for Hendon Hooker. You can kind of obviously see a little bit of what the, the reasoning would be, right? It's the knee. You want to get a checkup. You want to get an update on how that knee looks on that player. But does that mean if that's why he's coming in that you're looking at the knee and you want to know if the knee is healthy? Well, if it is, or if it's on track or if it's ahead of schedule, well, couldn't that mean that the watching fans are certainly interested? Well, it certainly could. Right now, given the case or given the situation the Washington Commanders are in, a lot of people would look at drafting a quarterback this year as maybe a throwaway pick. Now, some people have very little confidence in Sam Howell. Some people have ultimate confidence in Sam Howell. If you have ultimate confidence in Sam Howell, you want to see every pick used to help Sam Howell, which means offensive line, cornerback, defensive line, linebacker, safety, running back, maybe another receiver or two, right? Whether it's weapons, protection, or defense, which helps your offense, right? Um, you want to see the team do everything they can to help Sam Howell be successful. If you're down on Sam Howell, but you're high on Jacoby Brissett, you want the same. You want to see them put the quarterback in the right position. If you're down on both, you're probably loving this. You're probably saying, let's go get Hendon Hooker, or let's go get Anthony Richardson, or let's go get Will Levis. But the Washington Bears are only having Hendon Hooker, which means they either know what they need to know about Levis, Stroud, Young, Richardson, which could be that they're not on the board, could be that they just assume they're not going to be available, or it could be that they absolutely love them. They don't need to talk to them uh, in Ashburn. It really could mean any of those things. Of course, it could also mean something else. It could mean a smokescreen. It could mean that they want every other NFL team to know we had time to sit down with Hendon Hooker because while every other, every NFL team knows if you're truly in love with the prospect, you're not going to bring them in for a top 30. But if I'm in love with Hendon Hooker and I know that you brought him in for a top 30 and I'm in love with his personality, I'm in love with his leadership skills. I know the medicals are really good. I also know you just found that out. And I also know that you just met this guy and everything that makes me love him. You just got exposed to. So maybe now I'll do business with the Washington Commanders. So we get to the second round, for example, and a team like, say, the Minnesota Vikings call and say, hey, man, what do you want for this trade? I know possibly that they might be trained up for that quarterback. So a whole lot of the chess within the game uh, that teams can kind of play. So does this mean that the Washington Commanders are going to draft Hendon Hooker? Not necessarily. Does it mean they're not going to draft Hendon Hooker? I would say a top 30 visit is not necessarily a death blow to a person's draft status either. Uh, the Washington just last year had Brian Robinson in for a top 30 visit. They had some questions they wanted answered. They got those answers. They ended up drafting him. So certainly they could. It just isn't a slam dunk. Don't go buy yourself a custom Hendon Hooker jersey uh, and burgundy and gold anytime soon. Now, what can the Washington commanders already know about Hendon Hooker? Well, you already know the medicals. You already know that his football IQ, what you can read from seeing him operate in his collegiate system, which honestly, from, from a Tennessee volunteer standpoint, is very simplistic, does not translate to the National Football League very well. However, just because he wasn't asked to do NFL caliber, read progressions and all that stuff doesn't mean that he can't. And that's part of the reason you bring a guy in. You want to find out on top of everything that you know, the positives, what else can you find out from him, right? We know he's got a quick release. We know that he likes to be on schedule. In fact, he prioritizes being on schedule. But at the same time, if you call a long developing route, he's patient enough. He doesn't really panic uh, in the pocket too much. And he'll capitalize with his athleticism when uh, a play needs or when a play doesn't develop rather downfield 
the way that he wants he wants to. He's also fairly safe with the football, and he helped set his own protection in college, which displays a little bit of football IQ. But he's not very accurate over the middle. Has some issues being accurate deep, and he has he he. I don't say he has issues. He's just never been asked in Tennessee to really work through an NFL style progression all the way across the field. A lot of Tennessee's offense operates in a half field structure, so you're only having to read half the field, and the emphasis is on getting guys uh, into space. So. You're not going to be able to see him throw. You can't go through a workout, but you can talk to him about some of those football aspects and you can learn more about the person and the individual by bringing him in for a top 30. So that's not a definitive answer. And if you want a definitive answer, unfortunately, we just can't give it to you. But the purpose of the conversation is just kind of understand what a top 30 visit is for, what it can really mean, and a little bit of who Hendon Hooker is. We haven't really talked about him a whole lot here. Um, and if you want an opinion, I'm okay with the Washington Bears drafting Hendon Hooker. I would just say do it with, I would call an added draft pick, right? So if you trade back from 16 and you grab an extra second rounder or grab an extra third rounder and he's there, go ahead and spend that extra pick on that guy if you don't have an obvious other choice in a position of need and see if you, if you can develop him uh, into a long-term answer. If Sam Howell uh, doesn't turn out to be a, a long-term answer or Jacoby Brissett doesn't turn out to be a three to five year answer. So, uh, also reported on Wednesday, Tom Pelissero of NFL.com says Florida Gators guard Osiris Torrance is also visiting the Washington Commanders before the draft. So again, maybe they love Osiris. Well, maybe they like Osiris Torrance. Now they want to see if they love him or if they have some other questions about him. Why they want to bring him in and get those answers. So that's what's happening in the latest media reports around the Washington Commanders. Now let's talk about what Ron Rivera is saying. Currently had some media availability while he was visiting the World War One Memorial. We'll talk about him and talked about his future and the roster. That's coming up next on today's episode of Locked On Commanders, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And we're going to talk about that thanks to our friends over at FanDuel. The NBA playoffs are almost here, and now is the perfect time to download FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. Because even though the Washington Wizards aren't in it, you can still get in on the action. And new customers get a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000 and bonus bets back if your first bet doesn't win. Just download the FanDuel Sportsbook app. It's safe, secure, and super easy to use. Then you can bet on everything from the money line to points scored and threes drained. Plus, FanDuel even lets you combine your bets for a chance at a bigger payout with same-game parlays. So don't miss a chance to get your no-sweat first bet up to $1,000 in bonus bets when you go to FanDuel.com slash locked on. That's FanDuel.com slash locked on to learn more. Make every moment more with FanDuel, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. Thanks again for making the Long Talk Commanders podcast first listener, your first view of the day. While we're discussing the future of head coach Ron Rivera on a seemingly weekly basis, he's well aware of the situation. He's aware, aware well aware of what everybody thinks is going to happen, could happen, uh, and what the history uh, behind new ownership usually leads to. But he isn't letting it change the way he approaches the offseason. Uh, recently, he was at the World War World War One Memorial for an event, spent some time speaking to media. It was the day of my wedding anniversary, so I was not there. but Many solid, solid reporters from the Commanders' Beats were there. Some of them you know very well, like Matt Paris of the Washington Times, who, according to Matt, said, Ron Rivera said, quote, according to Matt, uh, I could be gone in a year. That's football. I understand that. But what I want to do is when I leave, I want everybody to go and say, boy, the roster's in a good place. That's great. I want to walk away saying that's what I did. I'm good with it. I understand. I'm not going to be desperate. I'm not. Because when you're desperate, you make bad decisions. End quote. And whenever a coach says something like this, it's not uh, really completely fair, but I always think about Jeff Fisher, right? And Jeff Fisher kind of had this like eight and eight reputation uh, about him. And then when he left the Rams, 
The Rams went on and, and kind of became a really good team, really competitive pretty quickly. And I can't remember what the format was, but essentially he kind of went, you know, and said at some point in time, well, apparently not everything I did was bad because look at the team uh, that I built and look at what they're doing, you know, now. But everybody kind of turned it on and said, well, coach, you know, you had the talent, but obviously you couldn't drive the ship. So it kind of bites him in the butt. But look, first and foremost, you have to you have to respect Ron Rivera for, for being that kind of a guy, right? There's a lot of people in these situations that do. They kind of they get kind of desperate. And I know it's ironic because a lot of people say that the trade for Carson Wentz uh, was a was a desperation move. And I, I understand why it looks that way. Here's what I will say, though. We don't know and we don't have the inside information on was that a Ron Rivera call? Was that a Martin Mayhew call? It wasn't a Martin Mayhew call, but it may have been a Jason Wright call. It may have been a Dan Snyder call. Go get me a veteran quarterback. You know what I mean? Now, Ron stood up, did the head coach thing, owned it, all these things. Uh, and, you know, maybe he believed that Carson was going to be better than he was. But Carson Wentz time is done, so let's move on uh, and talk about bigger and better things, right? So I, I appreciate Coach Rivera coming out and saying that, you know, I understand the situation. I see, you know, what the writing on the wall says, but he's not going to let that change the way that he operates. I go, I go back to Chicago Bears and Matt Nagy in his last year uh, there and, and, and their GM, I can't remember his name anymore, that basically it was put a, put a really good winning team together finally or you're probably going to be out of a job, right? That was the situation. So they go and they draft Justin Fields in the first round, and a lot of people just immediately – looked at it and said that is an attempt to save your job because with a rookie quarterback sometimes the hope is we win seven eight games maybe we don't make the playoffs but we look really good and we say hey there's some promise there and if you fire the coaches you might get rid of all that promise and it's just it you end up with a quarterback that's playing for a guy who really didn't want him in the first place and just it's just it's a big old mess man it's not the way to operate things so i appreciate the fact that at least ron Rivera is making decisions based on what he thinks is best for the team and if his time is up, he wants to leave the roster in the best situation uh, possible other than outside of other situations. Like, again, you look at the Bears and, you know, even after those that coach leaves and that decision maker is no longer with the team, that team is essentially in a very bad place because of the desperation moves that were made by the regime uh, before them. So I appreciate that. Hopefully, Commanders fans appreciate that. I know some people don't believe everything that Ron says anyway, and, you know, it kind of is what it is. But he has some more thoughts about the new ownership situation. And what we've all been talking about, right? New ownership group uh, buying this team under a, a cloud of drama and scandal, probably going to want to cut out everything associated with the Dan Snyder era. And again, that means Ron, that means Martin, that means Jason, because they're all attached to it, whether they were culpable, whether they were responsible or not. And the fact that they were brought in to actually make it better really isn't going to matter in the, in the test of time. They're always going to be the last head coach that Dan Snyder hired, the last team president that Dan Snyder hired, so on. Uh, and so forth. So Ron Rivera has been through this before, right? Carolina Panthers went through an ownership change. It was a little bit of scandal, not near as much, but a little bit of scandal. The owner did, you know, what I think is probably the right thing, sold the team. David Tepper came in. Now, David Tepper actually kept Ron Rivera uh, for a full season. That was the next season they were in that he decided to let him go. So Ron talked about that as well and that he's learned some things from that experience with the Carolina Panthers. And that's going to kind of change how he's going to approach when it comes time to meet this new ownership group saying, quote, I've got to be very specific and very clear cut with what our vision is going forward. And it has to mesh. That's one of the things I learned from the Panthers change is that is that not having it mesh, not having an explanation of what we're going to do and how we're going to do it slows the process down. When that opportunity comes, when I sit down with new ownership and go through my, the explanation, I'm going to be very concise, end quote. And I think that's very important, you know, and, and this is kind of 
And if you're Ron Rivera and you're trying to save your job and you want to show the new ownership group that, look, I know I'm attached to Dan Snyder's name, but I was brought here to help write things. We are writing them. And if you allow me to, I will continue to send these things in the right direction. Gone are the days where owners just kind of sit back, collect the ticket revenue, you know, bask in the glory of being an NFL owner and say, okay, you're the football guys. I hired you like every NFL fan base, essentially that I've, I've interacted with complains at some point in time about how much their ownership influences the football decisions. They're not football guys. Most of them, usually they're, they're either inherited money or they're businessmen in a totally different market. They don't understand football, uh, stuff like that. That's every owner in the NFL today. And I don't want to put words in Ron Rivera's mouth, but it sounds to me that basically when David Tepper came in, Ron was maybe a little bit more used to, you're the football coach. You know, you're not in control of every aspect of the operation, but you do what you do and everything else around you will run the way that it needs to run. And you're really not responsible for that. But David Tepper came in and kind of wanted to be a little bit more hands-on. And maybe Ron just didn't react to that uh, the best that he could. He did say that he learned from those experiences and even acknowledged himself uh, they didn't necessarily uh, respond the correct way. And now he plans with the new ownership group to respond a little bit better. Now, moving forward into some older conversations that Ron Rivera had talked about finally being able uh, to roster build Pete Haley of NBC Sports. Washington asked for clarification about that statement. And basically, Ron said that having a quarterback on a rookie deal is giving this team more flexibility, more ability to spend money elsewhere, which is what they've done, not only by resigning to Ron Payne, but by signing some of these free agents, not top shelf guys, not Lamar Jackson for any by any means, but good, solid tier free agents that if you have a $28, $30 million quarterback, you can't necessarily go out and sign. And so it kind of got me thinking. So I did a little bit of a cost comparison. And, and like a lot of statistics, this can be dangerously misleading. So I don't want to come in here and say it's more important to sign your defensive tackles to, to longer contracts than it is your quarterbacks. Quarterback is still the most important position on the field. But I think to Coach Rivera's point, when you pay a quarterback a lot of money, you are tied to that quarterback in more ways than just he's your quarterback. That quarterback now has to be a reason you're winning. When you're not paying a quarterback, when you're paying a cheaper quarterback or a rookie contract quarterback, you have a little more flexibility to put a team around them, and sometimes that team can win for you. So the top 11 contracts in the National Football League in annual average value are all quarterbacks. Those 11 quarterbacks make anywhere from $50.27 million on average per year to $33.5 million per average on year. Those 11 quarterbacks have played for a combined 90 seasons. They have eight Super Bowl appearances in those 90 combined seasons, five Super Bowl wins, and six MVPs. Okay. Meanwhile, the 12th highest player, Aaron Donald, in annual average value is a defensive tackle. The top 11 defensive tackles in annual average value make anywhere from $31.6 million, which is less than the 11th paid quarterback on average annual value, to 14.25, which is less than half than the 11th paid annual average per value quarterback. Those 11 D tackles have, not, have 79 years combined service, right? So 11 years less, nine Super Bowl appearances, one more, four Super Bowl wins, one less. And of course, no MVPs because no defensive tackle is ever going to win MVP. So does that mean that paying a quarterback is a bad idea? Not necessarily. I think what it means is you have to pay the right quarterback. And in this situation, the Washington Commanders, you could roll forward with Sam Howell, a cheaper veteran like Jacoby Brissett, or you could go bet the farm on somebody, Derek Carr. But the odds are 
that out of that top 11 quarterback that you just paid, there's about a 10% chance, eight Super Bowl or five Super Bowl wins after out of every 90 years, which is a close to a 5% chance that you're going to win a Super Bowl doing that. You pay the D tackle like they decided to, your odds are a little bit better. Again, statistics can be dangerous. By the way, none of those defensive tackles won Super Bowls as teammates. So now we're going to wrap up today's show by talking about the latest on that ownership front that Ron Rivera is preparing to handle better than he maybe did in Carolina. Jeff Bezos may not be out of it yet, but he's not the current front runner either. That's coming up next on today's episode of Locked On Commanders. There's a clear favorite for the landing or for landing the winning bid for the Washington Commanders, but Jeff Bezos hasn't even officially thrown his name in the hat yet. So maybe the race isn't over, but it turns because it turns out he has a little bit more time to do so. And that is coming according to front office sports and AJ Perez, who reports that sources tell him and them that the current deadline for Dan Snyder picking a winning bid is weeks from now, not days from now. At one point, we had all hoped that the decision on who was going to buy the team would be made before the league meetings in March. Uh, that didn't happen very clearly. And it didn't even take very long of actually being in Phoenix for everybody to start understanding that Dan Snyder was not about to be pushed out. And honestly, I think it's smart for the NFL owners to not, if he is in the process of selling the team, let him go through that process. It's going to be longer. It's going to be more drug out. It's going to be annoying all of those things, but let him go through that process because you know what, if you're in the same situation, I mean, hopefully you're not in the same situation because you're not doing all the things that Dan Snyder's accused of doing. But if you're in that same situation, you wouldn't want, you know, the public embarrassment of being pushed out. Not that uh, I expect you to have a lot of empathy with billionaires who are uh, abusing the privacy and, and rights of other people. But anyway, sources say that the deadline is weeks and, and not days, which tells me and we've pretty much already discussed this on previous episodes that the expectation is by the spring meeting, which is the end of May, uh, May 22nd to be exact is probably sometime between now and May 22nd. You're going to find out who the winning bidder is. And then May 22nd and 23rd, whatever day of the league meeting, they decide to do it. They'll do a vote. Three quarters of the, of the sitting owners have to vote in approval for it. And then that new owner will be approved. According to front office sports. Again, Josh Harris's group is the current, Front runner sources told FOS that Harris's $6 billion bid is, quote, very strong. Harris, owner of the 76ers and the New Jersey Devils, also has billionaire Mitchell Rails in his group and, of course, NBA legend Magic Johnson in his group, who essentially confirmed what we all, you know, already kind of had reports on that he is certainly part of that by saying on the Today Show, quote, our bid is in. We don't know what's going to happen. We'll see what happens with Mr. Snyder making that decision, but we'll be excited about it, end quote. Now, it's important to know. Josh Harris, Magic Johnson, they were part of the group that attempted to buy the Denver Broncos when they were sold as well, and they were unfortunately beat out. Um, so potentially this is their opportunity to get in. I've already made it kind of clear. This is my front runner group because they have the sports management uh, background. You know they're competitive because Magic is super competitive and he's not going to get into business and sports with anybody that's not. So they're going to want to win championships. They know how to run these franchises. And as of so far, the 76ers, Devils, and the Dodgers have not been imploded by public scandal and controversy. So that bodes well for the future of the organization. Also, Canadian businessman Steve Apostolopoulos also has his $6 billion bid in. But honestly, it kind of feels like a, an also-ran uh, type of situation there. Current targets, again, ahead of the NFL spring meeting beginning on May 22nd, the day before OTAs start, which is fun because that means we're all going to be at OTAs and we're all going to be asking the players 
how they feel about the news, and they're going to just say they want to focus on football, and these are going to be things that happen come end of May, but that's the life that we are all walking into right now. However, another source has also said that while Jeff Bezos has not officially submitted a bid, he did meet with Dan Snyder, Dan Snyder uh, a few months back about putting in an attempt to purchase the team, and apparently Dan Snyder was open to it, and according to Puck News, uh, a source told them, quote, if Jeff really wants it, he will win it, end quote. And, of course, the Jeff Bezos group reportedly could possibly include uh, rapper and media mogul Jay-Z. So you got Magic Johnson, you got Jay-Z, you got Josh Harris, you got Jeff Bezos, you got a lot of cool billionaires, a lot of cool people in general. Um, either way, it looks like the Washington Commanders, by this time next year, how about that? By this time next year, the Washington Commanders look like they will have probably a much more acceptable ownership group uh, reigning over them. So that's good news for everyone, right? That's going to wrap up today's episode. I want to thank you for making Locked On Commanders your first listen today, tomorrow, and every single day. Make sure your second listen is the Locked On NFL Scouts, Locked On NFL Scouting with the Draft Dudes podcast. For free agency to the draft, salary cap management, more. Join NFL experts Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino as they take you through what it's like to build a successful NFL franchise. Find it everywhere you get podcasts and, of course, on YouTube. I will be back for one more episode this week on Friday. If you want to get in on these conversations, other conversations, there is conversation. Ron Rivera did talk about Chase Young. There is some interesting little anecdotes to it. I am going to get into it, but we've had a lot of Chase Young talk over the last week or so, so I kind of wanted to give it a rest for just one episode. I'm sure some of you are getting a little bit tired. This does not involve him being traded, but it does involve the decision coming up for the Washington Commanders. So we're going to dive in a little bit uh, to that at the end of the week. I asked you guys a question last week. Uh, I'm going to call it question of the week. It kind of just happened. But if there is a player in this year's NFL draft that you would want to see the Washington Commanders trade up to get in the first round, who would that player be and why do you want them? Let me know here in the comments. Hit me up on Twitter. Hit me up on email or text me at 202-760-2644. Again, we kind of talked about this on the last episode. Subtext is something that we're trying out here at the network. You text that number that I just read. Again, it's 202-760-2644. That text message comes straight to me. I can respond straight to you. You get it on your phone. You don't got to go to an app. You don't got to scroll through a timeline, through a feed, nothing. It just comes straight to you. You get notifications just like you do any other text. I'm going to be sharing additional information, articles, whatever you want. You know, we'll do some cool things. I have this idea for draft weekend while we're in Ashburn of doing Maybe some like ask me anything with some other members of the media. Maybe I'll grab John Kime and we can ask some questions together uh, to John while we're sitting there in the uh, room waiting for draft picks and reacting to draft picks. But it's going to be a lot of fun. First two weeks are free. So give it a try. Help me out here. Help the network out. Kind of run through testing out this uh, this new platform uh, subtext. So again, if you want to jump in and check that out with me, 202-760-2644. And of course, because it's new, you can help me shape how we're going to use this thing and make sure that you get maximum uh, benefit from it. From it. Signing off for today, I'm David Harrison, staff writer for Commander Country Sports Illustrated's Fan Nation, credential member of the media, covering your Washington Commanders, and more importantly, hanging out with you five days a week. So we speak again. If you're out and about, please be safe, be kind to one another, and I'll see you right back here next time for another episode of Locked On Commanders, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.